you just want a little bit more of the Patricks in your life, we understand how it is. Aguiloa try to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Pat's interference. I, I think Alabama makes it to the college football playoff. I've got what I feel could be the number one playmaker in college football. Baker Mayfield. Dude's a stud. I'm 5'7", 130. Do you think I'm big enough to be either David Robinson or Tim Duncan? Get ready. It's going to be a good year. Hello, everybody. Welcome back into Pat's Interference, your favorite college football podcast. This is year four, episode 15 of our hashtag senior year. My name is Patrick Norwood. My co-host, Patrick Brickman, unable to join today. Uh, He is still getting his house situation set up in Birmingham. I think his computer is in about four different cities, actually, uh, between Dothan and Birmingham and Panama City Beach, which really uh, shout out and prayers and thoughts uh, to Panama City Beach with everything they're going through with Hurricane Michael. Um, obviously, we're kind of familiar here in Durham and North Carolina with you know everything that just went through with Hurricane Florence and really just a, a season of just terrible weather again. Uh, the, the pictures from Panama City Beach especially. I know uh, Patrick has got that place on his mind and his heart lately, so our thoughts and prayers go out to them. I uh, hope everybody can recover and return to a normal way of life as soon as possible. Uh, you can, you know, go to the Red Cross uh, basically anywhere. Uh, if you just if you just Google Panama City Beach or the Panhandle of Florida, uh, there's people taking donations, waters, uh, canned foods, things like that, first aid kits, um, you know, so just terrible storm. Hope everybody uh, is okay uh, and everybody, like we said, kind of returns to a – normalcy uh and if this podcast is an escape for any of you welcome in we're glad you could join us uh again this is a college football podcast uh we will be going through uh and reviewing week six and previewing week seven uh of all the college football action kind of jam-packed weekend uh kind of a jam-packed weekend also we may have a special guest we might have a special guest come halfway through uh i'm not gonna tease it because i don't know if it's actually gonna happen uh, there's some travel involved and some mishaps with the travel. Uh, I would have Jade Stoner, but she's actually busy packing right now uh, because we are going to Tuscaloosa tomorrow where we'll have in, uh, and that will be that will be a good time. Uh, so, again, thank you so much for listening. If you want to connect with us on social media, you can. We're on Twitter at PI underscore podcast on Facebook at Pat's Interference. That's P-A-T apostrophe S Interference. Or you can go to our website at patsinterference.com. New and improved website, by the way. Got some new graphics on there. Got uh, Updated the about me. It was a little old. It was a little old, but, you know, it's hashtag senior year. It's time to grow up. Start writing those essays. Get those papers done. Make that student film. Get that degree. Color inside the lines. You get it. All right. Let's go through Friday, October 5th. Yeah, one game, really. Uh, Utah State actually took down BYU 45-20. This same BYU team with a couple upsets of their own uh, beat Wisconsin. So now I'm really starting to wonder how good Wisconsin is. I mean, if you're losing to Utah State at home by 25, I, I really am starting to wonder with BYU, yeah, but also Wisconsin... And a couple other teams who have played BYU, just kind of what we're looking at. And, you know, I'm not one to ever look into the transitive property too much because I don't think that really works, especially with college football. I don't I don't really think that works. I think things change and things are too fluid from Saturday to Saturday to really play that game. However, I, I do see when people bring it up, especially in this situation, you lose to 25 at home. I, it just to Utah State just doesn't make much sense. Middle Tennessee at Marshall, uh, MTSU, the Blue Raiders taking care of business there. But the main game from Friday night was that Georgia Tech at Louisville game. Bobby Petrino's seat getting real warm, real warm. Uh, a lot of people uh, saying that they can't buy him out, but man, oh man, it can't get much worse than losing 66-31 to to a team that runs the triple option in Paul Johnson. Interesting fact here, Paul Johnson playing his old predecessor, his old predecessor uh, from when he was the head coach at Georgia Southern. Uh, His predecessor, I can't remember his name, forgive me, came in, took Georgia Southern away from the triple option. That apparently pissed Paul Johnson off really bad, and he is still taking out on on this guy. I mean, 66-31? to 
and a triple option set is just mind-boggling. So that Georgia Tech team starting to gain a little bit of momentum too. Uh, you know, they've got a tough schedule, obviously, towards the end of the schedule, uh, playing what is now number two Georgia on the road. They also play, uh, they get Miami at home, uh, but they've also got to go to Blacksburg here in a couple weeks, and they get Duke at home next week. Uh, you know, they suffered losses against Pitt and USF uh, and Clemson, obviously, but really, if you can turn it around, I mean, it's it's there's still a lot of season to salvage here. If you're Georgia Tech, you're three and three right now. You're three wins away from a bowl game, uh, so it just sort of depends. Sort of depends. What team are you going to be? You're in the Coastal Division right now. You're sitting behind North Carolina, which isn't good. That's never a good thing. Uh, ironically, the one team that's under you is Duke, who's had a pretty decent season. They only got one loss this year, so you know it, it, it's something to look at. But uh, so we'll go now. We'll go through and do the Saturday games again. I know that you're probably going to get tired of hearing my voice. I feel bad for all of you guys because, uh, I mean, you're about to get a lot of my voice. There's no breaking it up with Patrick Brickman. We don't have a soundboard this week. I mean, it's it's we're really losing the bells and whistles when he goes out. You know, I, I think it's safe to say he carries me. I would have would have bothered him to get a couple of his thoughts here, you know, get a couple of sound bites from him, but I just I, I didn't want to bother him. He's He's just so busy. He's doing so much for his family to set up his new job. He's doing great in his new job. I uh, got the interview uh, or go attend an interview um, and shoot it on a camera uh, with Alabama head coach Nick Saban and starting running back Damian Harris. I know we're a couple of guys that he was able to talk to. So just really, really cool, really good for him. Um, gets to shoot uh, the uh, high school phenom Talia Tungo-Vailoa. Yes, that is the little brother of Tua. He is also committed to Alabama. Uh, so Britt gets to go out and shoot that game on Friday. Um, but again, he's not with us today. So you're going to get a lot of my voice. I'll, I'll try and go slow. I know sometimes if I talk too much too quickly, it doesn't make any sense. So I'll try and go slow here. Uh, Alabama taking down Arkansas, 65, 31, uh, to a going for 334. Damian Harris had 111 rushing yards Tua still has not thrown a pass in the fourth quarter. He's got 18 touchdowns and no picks, no interceptions. That's, that's just outstanding Jalen Hurts by the way with 17 touchdowns last season for Alabama um so this game wasn't really ever close uh Alabama did however you know some some issues and some things have come up from their defense last week um you know they had Mac Wilson their quarterback you know the quote-unquote quarterback of the defense going on later this week and tweeting out that it's not the way that Alabama expects to play that that defense should be better well that's the 11th ranked defense in the nation so read into that what you will. However, there is something to say there. You did give up 31 points to Arkansas. Um, but, you know, Alabama was still Alabama. And I think if anything, this weekend for Alabama showed that if Tua goes out onto the field and plays a decent game, everything will be fine. Other big news from that game, Trayvon Diggs breaks his foot. Uh, that's another Alabama defensive back who is now on the bench sideline for the rest of the season. And Tua Tonga-Vailoa did suffer a knee sprain. Nick Saban did, however, reiterate uh, yesterday, that would be Wednesday, uh, as this is being recorded Thursday. He said on Wednesday uh, that Tua had participated in all drills and everything seemed A-OK. They put a cautionary knee brace on him, but uh, nothing to report other than that. Let's move on. Uh, Vanderbilt at Georgia. Georgia taking care of business, 41-13. Fromm going for 276 yards. Uh, Ohio State took care of Indiana. Indiana hung around for a while, but Dwayne, or excuse me, uh, Haskins. Yes, Dwayne Haskins. I, for some reason, it sounded weird. Uh, as is nearing the 2,000 yard mark, uh, but he threw. I think it was for 455 yards in this game. Uh, which is just an in yeah 455 yards uh, for Haskins. He's got 25 touchdowns on the season, four picks. Uh, really played a, a very good game uh, on Saturday against Indiana. It was 33 for 44 um, with six TDs and two interceptions. Those two interceptions obviously hurt, but anytime you're throwing near 500 yards, you're doing something right. Ohio State really just kind of rolling through their season at this point. They play Minnesota next week. Not really going to have a challenge for a good while, uh, or at least for a couple weeks, uh, as Minnesota has really been struggling this season. 
Uh, Wake Forest, the sweetheart. Cue up Careless Whisper in your head. I won't be able to play it, and I'm not going to pain you to sing it. Uh, Got whooped. Putting it lightly. Lost by 60 at home. So we don't need to go over that anymore. Would love to see what uh, Brick's sweetheart, North Carolina State, is going to be able to produce this weekend. Uh, LSU in Florida was an interesting game. I'm just going down the list here. I know this is not in chronological order, but this is by ranking. Number five, LSU marches into the swamp and an upset that actually a lot of people predicted. Um, I think Brick and I even discussed it last week. Uh, If you follow Pat's Interference on Twitter, again, that's PI underscore podcast, you may have seen a poll that was put out all about upsets. Who's going to be upset? The people who voted in that poll picked both of the upsets. They picked Florida and Oklahoma getting upset. Now, we'll go over that Oklahoma game in a second. But Florida coming in, Joe Burrow threw for 192 yards, but it wouldn't be enough. Um, Brosette really struggled, had 95 yards. This game was weird. It it was a weird one. It it really seemed like LSU kind of had him against the ropes, and then all of a sudden the wheels just kind of fell off. Um, You know, it it was just a situation where um, going into the last quarter – they're up 19 to 14. They lose by 8 27 19. Uh, so, you know, really, it was, excuse me, it was even less than that. Or, I'm sorry, it was tied. It was tied going into the fourth quarter. That's right. It was 13 uh, 13. You know, LSU put six on the board in the fourth quarter. Uh, but Florida coming back and putting 13 up. Felipe Franks went 12 for 27. 161 yards, a touchdown, and an INT. Uh, P. Ryan, 17 carries for 85 yards and two touchdowns, and Hammond for three catches and 85 yards. But other than that, for Florida, the real storyline is the defense there. I mean, really just a great defensive effort from the Skater team. Uh, you know, first quarter, LSU drives down the field, I think, on their first possession. Um, yeah, a three and a half, about a three and a half minute drive, 10 plays for 75 yards. I kind of flipped off the TV at that point, if I'm being honest. I was like, yeah, that's, that's about right for this. And then Florida proved me wrong, man. So a lot of questions for Florida now. You know, you struggled at the beginning of the season, but where are you going to go from here? They're 5-1, and one, they're 3-1 and one in the conference. Uh, you know, they do only have one loss this season. It just so happens that one loss is to Kentucky, who then ended up losing to Texas A&M this weekend, which we'll get into in just a second, like I said. Uh, so... LSU now gets Georgia at home next week. We'll go over that game here in a bit, but want to wrap up uh, these uh, week six games first. Uh, Notre Dame going to Blacksburg. I'm going to get through this before our guest picker arrives, or our guest host, I guess we could say. Um, Virginia Tech was was only down by one, and it really looked like they might come back. It really looked like they were going to have him up against the ropes. And then it just got away from him. Uh, Ian Book, man, has looked great. 271 yards, two touchdowns. Did throw an interception on Saturday. But, man, oh, man, this Notre Dame offense has looked great as of late. Um, yeah, uh, Virginia Tech was, in, was within one, 17-16 at halftime. And then Notre Dame just kind of took off and left them. Um, really, it was all about Notre Dame in that second half, coming out scoring uh, a 97-yard touchdown run, um, and that really just looked like it took the gas out of, or took the wind out of Virginia Tech's sails. Excuse me. Uh, Virginia Tech did control possession of this game. They won the first down battle. Uh, they outgained Notre Dame, but just couldn't get it done where it counted. Um, now Notre Dame, you look at their schedule for the rest of the year, where do they struggle? How can you leave a team like that out of the playoff at this point? Now, I know a lot of things can happen. They do play Pitt this weekend, which if we've learned anything about Pitt for whatever reason in the past few years, Pitt loves to upset. They play Navy, a triple option team, which is kind of odd to play. They play Jade Stoner's sweetheart on the road. They're at Northwestern. Florida State at home, not really. Syracuse is the is the uh that's the pinstripe game where they're wearing their Yankee uniforms. They're trying to look like candy stripers, I guess, because those uniforms are terrible. If you haven't seen them, you got to look them up. 
they're just awful. I understand you're you're trying to you're trying to play off the pinstripe theme and all that, and maybe you do something with your face mask or the collar of your shirt or something. And I understand that. The whole oh gosh, it's bad. Just go look at it. If you haven't seen it, just go look at it. And then they close out the season at USC, who has been underwhelming at best this season. So really, you look at Notre Dame right now. I don't really see a struggle. And Brick and I talked about this last week. I'm not seeing an area where I'm saying, okay, Notre Dame may not be its, or may not have it together, may not be all it's cracked up to be uh, this season. There's not a game like that where I'm saying they're going to get upset. So you know, it depends on what happens with the teams in front of them. But I, there's just there's a lot of questions. Uh, or a lot of things to be desired with that schedule, excuse me. Uh, All right, Texas and Oklahoma. Texas tried as hard as they could to lose this game. I cannot stress that enough. Ellinger went off for 314 yards, had a whale of a game. Kyler Murray can fly. I had not really seen Kyler Murray play a full game this season. I'd flip back and forth and seen some highlights and, and some things, but nothing really serious. Kyler Murray went 19 for 26 for 304 yards, four touchdowns, one pick, and lost. Lost. That should tell you something about this Oklahoma team, by the way. You know, that they can come out. They scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. It really looked like, and they tied it up. It really looked like they had them against the ropes, and then Texas drives down the field, and they send out their their poor little freshman. This kid, I swear, he still had pimples all over his face. He looked like he was 12 or 13 years old drilled this field goal drilled it Ellinger led his team this entire game questions about whether or not Texas is back was Oklahoma overrated should Texas be in the college football playoff if they can win out again it just the thing I get hung up with is that Notre Dame team they don't play a conference championship and I get that but you can't sit here and tell me that a team that lost its first game of the season when everybody's supposed to be healthy when you've had the most prep uh, a team that, by the way, was going through a lot of adversity. In case you forget, Maryland had a player die <laughs> this summer. And they beat Texas, which says a lot about Maryland. Also says a lot about Texas. So how do you put in a team like Texas with one loss to Maryland over a team that's undefeated like Notre Dame just because of the co- conference championship argument? It just doesn't make sense. So... You know, it was a great Red River rivalry. It was a shootout. Uh, It looked like Texas really was just going to run away with it for a while, and then Kyler Murray turned it on. I think Kyler Murray is one of the few people that could challenge Tua Tonga-Vailoa this season. Uh, Maybe Will Greer, but not after his performance Saturday. He's he's really got to show out these next few weeks. But Kyler Murray and Tua are your two guys that you look at and you say, all right, you know, these are our two guys. There was one play on Saturday. Kyler Murray just left everybody on the field. I mean, it was it was a – I don't think it was a designed run. I'm pretty sure he just kind of rolled out, scrambled around, was trying to find a receiver, couldn't find one, and then just scampered up the sideline. And I thought, okay, well, he'll get pulled down by a safety out of bounds. Uh, no, he uh, he didn't. He didn't get pulled out of bounds. No, he just left everybody. A, he's got a heck of a prospect, man. Uh, but to his passer rating right now is 258.4. Uh, this was on Pat's stats. So if you follow us on Twitter, again, that's PI underscore podcast. We do something every Monday or Tuesday where we pick our favorite stats from the weekend. One of my favorite stats this week was uh, Tua Tagovailoa's passer rating currently sits at 258.4, 60 points better than 2017 Heisman winner Baker Mayfield's. Now, that was a record at that point. Baker Mayfield's was a record. So Tua is 258.4. Kyler Murray, though, is at 227.8. So you've got two guys that are breaking records. One of them is coming off the same offense that his predecessor came off of that, oh, by the way, won a Heisman Trophy. So just keep that in mind. Keep watching. Keep an eye on Kyler Murray. Everybody seems to think that Tua's got the Heisman locked up. Kyler Murray's got a pretty easy schedule while Tua's gets way more difficult. So really, you could see that script sort of flip toward the end of, end of the season. Plus, Tua now with this knee strain, we don't really know how serious this is. We're going to find out later this week. I'll get into that a little bit later. All right, next game. Auburn at Mississippi State. Oh, buddy, is Auburn bad. Auburn's got to figure it out. I called it at the beginning of the season. I did. I said that their offensive line was not going to be able to hold up. I didn't think so. I didn't think it was going to be this bad to the point where they didn't score a touchdown against Mississippi State. 
I understand Mississippi State's got a lot going for them. I really, really do. But man, oh man, Auburn, you've got to figure it out. Stidham, 19 for 38 for 214 yards. Like I said, no touchdowns. Uh, Not a one. Nick Fitzgerald did pass Tim Tebow Saturday, though, uh, for the most rushing yards by a quarterback in SEC history. Uh, He's at, I think, 2,999, which is very, very impressive. Uh, He was 9 for 17 for 69 yards and a pick, but he was also Mississippi State's leading rusher with 28 carries, 195 yards, and two touchdowns, which is insane. Like, that's insane that their leading rusher is their quarterback, who will almost rush for 200 yards and had two touchdowns. Uh, That offense is built around Nick Fitzgerald. They had 418 total yards. Auburn getting dominated in possession. And this is is the thing. This is the thing about running this hurry-up, up-tempo offense. If you cannot control possession of the game and your offense is struggling, you're screwed. You're done for. And I hate being that way, but Auburn only had the ball for 18 minutes of this game. And Mississippi State just milked that clock. Auburn would get the ball back. They would go on a quick one-minute drive, maybe. Three and out. Auburn you, you has still got a lot to play for. They really, really do. They're 4-2. and two. They're 1-2 and two in conference play, which isn't great. But you're close. I mean, you lost to LSU. You can't lose another game if you want any shot, even an outside shot, at the SEC West right now. Uh, So that being said, Auburn's schedule for the rest of the season. I mean, they they plummeted through the AP Top 25. Plummeted. But their schedule for the rest of the season, they've got Tennessee this weekend. They're playing at Ole Miss, so those should be two wins. Uh, they've got a bye week, and that bye week's going to be crucial. That bye week is very, very crucial because the next week they get Texas A&M at home. They're at Georgia. They play Liberty the week before the Iron Bowl, which, oh, by the way, is in Tuscaloosa. So Auburn, there's still time to turn the season around. It's got to start now. It has to start now. You've got to hope that uh, Alabama and LSU really, really trip up here within the next few weeks uh, if you want any shot at the SEC Championship. But right now, I mean, Auburn's number 21. They're fourth in the SEC West. I think they've really got to start wondering and worrying about Gus Malzahn. Uh, a lot of people were calling for him last week. They have seen they had seen how it was going. It kind of looks like the writing may be on the wall, like I said, if Auburn can't turn this around. Now, you go out and you beat Georgia and you beat Alabama or you beat even one of those teams, I think Gus may keep his job one more year. But it has to happen. If it doesn't happen, I think that seat is very, very hot for Gus Malzahn. And I think he may be out by the end of the season. All right, West Virginia uh, hosted Kansas this weekend, letting them stick around for a while. Bootstraps Bill, my Heisman pick at the beginning of the season, lest you forget, Bootstraps Bootstraps, uh, won 38-22, but really was a lot closer than that. Uh, They were up. 28-7 28-7 going into half. Uh, then it was 28-14. Uh, and it looked like Kansas was going to come back. Will Greer, 28 for 41, 332 yards. Did have four touchdowns, but he also threw three interceptions. Three. Ugh. Just not good. Just, just not good. If 509 yards is great, West Virginia. 29 first downs is great. Four turnovers is terrible. Kansas is, I'm not kidding you, top 10 in the nation in turnover margin, by the way. I didn't believe it. I heard it, and I was like, there's no way that's right. I looked it up. It's true. Top 10 in the nation. Kansas football is top 10 in the nation at something. Don't look too far into it. But it's there. West Virginia at Iowa State this weekend. They've got Baylor at Texas. That. That Texas game, November 3rd, is going to tell so much about the Big 12. Because this Big 12, it could implode. They could have a team not make it into the playoff this season. After they had three that were coming out looking like they might be able to. Uh, they, they, they've got to go to Austin to play Texas. They play TCU at home. TCU just lost to Texas Tech tonight. I'm not that worried about TCU. Not that worried about Oklahoma State. But I could see Oklahoma coming back and beating West Virginia. 
So if you have a situation where you've got Texas beats West Virginia and then or Oklahoma beats West Virginia and then West Virginia wins one of those other games, the Big 12 is imploded. Because again, you look at Notre Dame, how are you going to leave a no-loss Notre Dame team out? And I'm not saying that Notre Dame is going to skate through the rest of their schedule. I'm just saying it's looking like it could. Just something to bring up and keep in mind. Washington only beat UCLA 31-24, which should tell you everything you need to know about Washington. Probably one of the worst uh, worst playoff picks I've had since the playoff has uh, been around. The Huskies, Jake Browning, just you would you would think with his numbers at Washington, he'd be better than he is. He's got a really, really weird throwing style. It just seems like they're determined to just keep hunking the ball deep. I mean, he, he threw 18 passes and had one touchdown for 265 yards. Also threw a pick. So Gaskin, the running back, had a great game, 116 yards for two touchdowns. But Washington, you're still 10th. And, yeah, you're in the Pac-12, but I don't know of a situation, especially this weekend, they've got to go, I think, two outs in stadium uh, to play Oregon. If you're playing Oregon on the road and you pull that out, yeah, they're they're playing Oregon on the road. That's the 330 kick on ABC on Saturday. You, you've got that's – a, that's a must win. You've got to beat Oregon. You've got to beat Colorado. You must win out. If you can get through Oregon and Colorado, you got a good shot. I could see Stanford coming up and getting Oregon, though. I know Stanford struggled last week, but I could see them getting Oregon later in the season. Or, excuse me, Washington later in the season. Uh, So, again, that's another team. One loss, Power 5 school. Where you're looking and you're saying, yeah, but, all right, if you put them in, that means you're leaving somebody out. And at this point, I wouldn't put Washington over Oklahoma. I wouldn't put them over Texas. I wouldn't put them over LSU. There's a lot of teams that have got to lose a lot more games for Washington to have a hope at that playoff, but there's still a chance. There's still a chance. That's why we love college football. All right, going to kind of speed through these next few. Kentucky at Texas A&M. Texas A&M and Kellen Mond proving they can do it again at home. Remember, they almost upset. Excuse me right quick. They almost upset. Uh, we did just have our guest host just walk in. That's why the dogs just lost their minds. They're alerting the listeners that our guest host has walked in. I'm going to let them get situated. Let him get sorted out. He'll jump on for the week seven preview uh, as I wrap up the week six review right now. Uh, so you've got Kellen Mond and Texas A&M proving again that they can do it at home. Remember, they gave Clemson a run for their money, almost won that game. They just beat Kentucky, who, again, people look and they say, oh, but it's Kentucky. Well, that was an undefeated Kentucky team that's beaten a lot of really good football teams so far this season. Benny Snell was snuffed out this game. Kellen Mond went for 226 yards. They get the win in overtime. That A&M program starting that upswing. I'm not saying I believe in Jimbo yet, but I like the way the program's going, and it's a lot better off than it would have been had someone stayed. Uh, Stanford got beat by Utah. That's all we're going to say about that. Uh, Maryland losing to Michigan by 21. Uh, Shea Patterson really looking like he's about to turn it around. Michigan looking like a top 10 team for sure as of right now. But are they back? We have no idea. We, we have no clue. They beat Northwestern, kind of, and then they just slaughter Maryland, who beat Texas, who has one loss. So is Michigan good? No idea. We'll find out next week, maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Nebraska is still trash. Wisconsin beat the daylights out of them. Martinez went off for 384 yards. Uh, Florida State almost beat Miami, but then was Florida State and remembered they couldn't beat Miami. Uh, Perry for 204 yards. That was really the highlight of that game. That was an absolute rock fight. If you sat through and watched that entire game, Lord bless you, because that was a tough one. Uh, Michigan State losing to Jade Stoner's sweetheart in Northwestern. Michigan State now has lost to Herm Edwards and the Wildcats of Northwestern, who I still think have lightning bolts on their helmets. If you haven't seen their helmets this season, they look like lightning bolts. I get that it's like the Panthers' whiskers or the, the Wildcats' whiskers, it's just weird. It just looks weird. Uh, Colorado almost got upstate by Herm at home, 28-21. I saw an interesting stat earlier in the week that Colorado's, uh, I think, four wins, they have not played a team, 
Or excuse me. Uh, yeah, yeah, because they had a bye week. Out of the four wins that they had, they had not played a team that had more than two wins that season. Uh, and then you look at the flip side, UCLA had not played a team that had more than two losses. Uh, so that's kind of ex- the explanation for those numbers, why UCLA kind of gave Washington fits, I guess. And then I think that's more of Washington being bad, full disclosure. But then you look at Colorado, and it's sort of the other side. So Colorado, not a team to turn your nose up at at all. But again, that Pac-12 is kind of a dumpster fire this year, and it's imploding as much as the Big 12 is. Uh, NC State, undefeated, still beating Boston College. We cannot play Careless Whisper right now, uh, but just know that Brick is singing it in his head as he's listening to this. NC State looking good. They're still undefeated. They're still undefeated. Finley threw for 308 yards. Gillespie had 104. I mean, they've really looked like a team that's sort of figured it out on offense. But again, they're one of those teams that we don't know. They haven't played anybody yet. Uh, Rounding out the top 25, Iowa State gets their upset of the year because they're bound to have one. I think it's just college football law now that Pitt and Iowa State have to have an upset every year. I think they just call each other and they're like, yeah, week six. Okay, I'm going to do it week seven against Notre Dame. That's my upset watch. That's not my upset warning this week. It's my upset watch. I know Pitt's been terrible. They were also, I think they were more miserable to watch last year. But who knows? Maybe that's just me. Uh, So that's it for week six. Now looking ahead to week seven. Going to bring in our guest host here. Good friend, old colleague of mine at High Point University, Kevin Burke. Little bio on Kevin. Virginia Tech graduate. Was in the drum line all four years? All four years. All four years at Virginia Tech. Uh, was a broadcaster at High Point. Uh, that's how I met him. Moved to Washington, D.C. to uh, start a job as an SID with George Washington University. Has traveled through a hurricane, popped a tire, put a donut on that bad boy, and we're back. We're ready to go. We are ready to see some Alabama football tomorrow. Or, excuse me, Saturday. Yes. Tomorrow when you were listening to this. Uh, Kevin, how you doing? Other than the obvious. I'm here. You're here. And uh, long-time listener, first-time guest. <laughs> Excited to be here. I think this is a Pat's Interference first, where we've had a long-time listener. <laughs> so, here we go, looking ahead at the Week 7 games. Friday, nothing. Uh, just had, I don't know if you know this, Texas Tech beat TCU. That's not a surprise. No. TCU's uh, a dumpster fire. Dakota Allen of Last Chance U fame. Great game. Great game. Uh, good for him. TCU uh, has one good player, and that is their quarterback. Uh, and nothing else is really good about TCU, other than Gary Patterson's balding, which I think we're seeing like week by week now. Uh, we'll move ahead to Friday. South Florida at Tulsa. Nope. Air Force at San Diego State. Not worth talking about. Arizona doesn't matter after we say that word. Uh Going ahead to Saturday, Ohio State with another just grueling game against Minnesota. Row the boat. The boat is sunk. The boat's sinking. Uh, P.J. Fleck may get fired after a year or two. You think so? They've been so bad. They've been very long. They've been really bad. They haven't turned around, and this is year two? This is year two. Okay. Give them another year. Yeah. I say you give them three years. Because it's not like Minnesota was a powerhouse when he got there. No, but you need to maybe try and make the Motel 6 Cactus Bowl or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. If that's still a bowl. Maybe taking a trip on down to Shreveport. Uh, They did win their first three games of the season. The problem is those first three games were at home versus New Mexico State, Fresno State. Uh, Actually, all three of them were home. And then the last one at Miami of Ohio. And then Maryland. Maryland just killing people this year. And losing to Temple. Calm down. All right. <laughs> they went through a lot, okay? Uh, then they got beat by Iowa pretty bad. Probably the second to worst team in FBS right now, Nebraska. Would you say Nebraska is the second to worst? Uh, of Power 5? Yes. Yeah, probably. Yeah. You're, you're up there with uh, the Arizonas of the world. So you're looking now at a 4-3, and three, right? Four and three, assuming they don't upset Ohio State. Like, unless Dwayne Haskins just completely forgets what team he's playing for on Saturday. I don't think there's a way that Ohio State loses to Minnesota, correct? No, and it's in the horseshoe. All right. So you've got, you know, uh, four and three at that point. Play Indiana. That's a toss-up. Illinois should be a win, so that's five and four. You only got to win one of Purdue, Northwestern, or... Well, Purdue and Northwestern, (laughs) because... 
you go to Wisconsin. Who did lose to BYU? Who did lose to Utah State? They could beat Indiana too, and that could get them to six. Yeah. So we'll put them. We'll pencil them in for the Cactus Bowl. We'll we'll, we'll see you. We'll see you, PJ Fleck. Uh, but yeah, no, Ohio State's gonna roll in this one. May get to see Dwayne Haskins make a case for his Heisman right now. I do think it's between Tua and Kyler Murray. Really, it's Tua's to lose. I think at this point. I think Haskins has the better chance moving forward because yes. if you're Kyler Murray in Oklahoma. Now you have a loss in your record. Yes. And although it shouldn't, in my opinion, matter in terms of team performance, that's going to be a massive thing. And Ohio State right now really only has one major obstacle before the Big Ten Championship game, and that's Michigan. Just that's because Michigan. it's yeah. Michigan. Yeah, for so sure. So I would put him in there, and now these are those games, those stat-padding games, that uh, Haskins may have a chance to really get back into the conversation, although I don't think he might get an invite. I don't think he's going to win. The thing is... Everybody thinks this is a runaway for Tua. And I said this earlier when you were traveling through the eye of the storm. Uh, literally. Literally. People are saying it's Tua's to lose because he's played so well to this point. My thing is, Tua's schedule gets infinitely harder from here on out. Exponentially harder from here on out. Well, let's not say from here on out because they still play Tennessee Wolf. Uh, after that game. After that game, you've got a bye week. You play LSU. You get uh, Mississippi State. You get the Citadel, whatever, Auburn, SEC Championship. Playoff games. And really, the Heisman's decided after the SEC Championship, so we won't even worry about the playoff games. But, to my point, that's not an easy schedule. Mm -hmm. Haskins, like you just mentioned, has got one big game left before his conference championship. And then you look at Kyler Murray, he's got nothing to lose at this point. No. And they still still have a game where they're going to be playing a somehow still top 10 West Virginia team. Uh, Yeah. Bootstraps Bill really trying to lead the troops, throwing three picks against Kansas. Uh, who, by the way, you missed this too, and this is one of my favorite stats of the week. Kansas, top 10 in turnover margin this season. And they just fired their offensive coordinator. <laughs> that team of misses. Course, of course they did. Charlie Weiss, <laughs> Todd Reesing. Just sitting on his cooler. Akib Talib, where are you? Uh, you've got Florida at Vanderbilt. That's... Florida nope. uh Tennessee at Auburn Stidham's got to figure it out I just said it earlier Stidham and Auburn's offensive line have got to figure it out there's not a better team to do this against uh than Tennessee uh you you go down the list there's not that many good games uh Alabama does play Missouri this weekend Drew Locke is a threat and I want to mention something I know I know the odds of Alabama losing this game are very very slim here is my thing Right now on their roster, Alabama has six scholarships def- scholarshiped defensive backs. Six. Period. The other day in their practice, when they put out their dime set, they ran out a kid who had never stepped on the field and played a game before. I'm not going to say what are the odds Missouri beats Alabama. What are the odds that Missouri hangs through and we see Tua Tonga-Vailoa play in the fourth quarter? I think this is the game that is most likely for it to happen out of any game that has happened so far. I would agree with that. So I don't think it's going to be, I mean, Missouri kept it close at home against Georgia. Granted, they shot themselves so much in the foot. They don't have any feet left. Yes. And Georgia turned over the ball three times that game. Correct. Mm -hmm. And, but special teams and I mean, we saw it last week and granted they played in a, thunderstorm that was one of the more amazing games i've ever seen that game was incredible yes i didn't mention that game can we pause and talk about that game they had a what was it a two-hour rain delay with With a minute left in the game with a minute left in the game then here's the uh little golden nugget the kicker that drilled the 57 yarder for missouri x alabama commit (laughs) (laughs) and then south carolina still goes down and south carolina still goes down Will Muschamp does not have to sacrifice anybody or anything uh, or pour lamb's blood on anything because they didn't end up winning. Missouri should have never been in that situation because they, I believe, had approximately a billion red zone opportunities and kicked half a billion field goals. Yes. So I agree Drew Locke may be the best quarterback that Alabama may have seen this season, but and the secondary may be a question mark, but that defensive line can cover yeah, up a that, secondary that front seven i think especially missouri's offensive line which has just looked like hot garbage these past couple yeah. weeks i think it's it could be a, a long day i think it may be iffy but i don't think it's ever going to be in doubt i think you may just have to see Tua might have to play a little bit in the fourth quarter 
which is just a ridiculous sentence when you think about it. Pad those stats. Uh, Other than that, looking at games this weekend, I want to ask you, we've been doing this thing lately. We've been doing uh, upset watches and upset warnings, appropriate for the storm that you just drove through. Correct. Uh, I'll go first. Okay. I'm not calling it an upset warning. I'm going to call it a watch. LSU is not fun to play at ever. Georgia is pretty pissed off because they haven't played up to their standard this season at all, I don't think. Kirby Smart's been very frustrated. Uh, The Missouri game was way too close uh, for their liking. They've had a lot of miscues this season. Fromm's looked okay, but not great. The running backs have looked outstanding. Their front sevens looked outstanding, but they are an SEC powerhouse, and that's how that goes. Correct. LSU just came off an embarrassing loss to Florida, where Joe Burrow still almost threw for 200 yards uh, with no touchdowns still. I think I think he's one of the few quarterbacks that will ever throw for, like, 2,000 yards and have, like, four touchdowns on the season. He's just it's the stats typical LSU weird. quarterback. Yes, exactly. Uh, so, my question to you is, I've got them on upset watch. Who do you have on upset watch or upset warning? You've got Baylor at Texas, Michigan State at Penn State. I'm not really worried about either of those games. Another game that I've got on a watch, more from a comedic standpoint than anything, is Pitt at Notre Dame, just because I think it'd be hilarious. Pitt just lost their top linebacker, who has led them in tackles, tackles for loss, sacks, and turnovers forced. Uh, They're not good, and they needed overtime to beat a somewhat decent Syracuse team. Syracuse gave Clemson fits. Correct. You were sitting on my couch. Pitt just beat them at home in overtime. Um... Will Notre Dame have a letdown? Maybe. They showed some vulnerabilities last week against Virginia Tech in the first half, at least. They should not have been winning at halftime. I, I'll go on a rant about that later off the off the record. Can't wait. Uh, but they should have been down by a lot, and they had a lot of mistakes covered up in that first half. Still, I think Notre Dame rolls in that game. I'm going a bit off the rails here. Uh, I am SEC... Uh, deficient, ACC, powerful. That's my yes, background. Yes, absolutely. So watch out, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, for the Virginia Cavaliers <laughs> at home against a Miami team that uh, showed some issues against a really bad Florida State team last week. And get this, Miami, since joining the ACC, is only 3-4 and four at UVA. That's a stat. How about that? You could ask... Probably a hundred people on Alabama's campus this weekend. Half of them would ask if Virginia was an FCS school. They basically are. The other half would definitely guess that Miami is undefeated in Charlottesville. Nope. They are. They always struggle with UVA, and it is a night game. Not that there's a crowd to on really get ESPN into. On ESPN2. If you need to know how bad the slate of games is this weekend, Miami at Virginia is on ESPN2. Wisconsin Michigan is the Saturday night game. That's a that's a decent. That's a great game. Uh, uh, but yeah, watch out. It's watch, not warning. Watch. UVA's got a quarterback that can actually play, make some moves. Miami, for whatever reason, never plays well when there's not meaning to the game or there's not an atmosphere. They always get up for the big game. They just had a come from behind rally. Hey, we're back type of thing against Florida State. Just watch for it. Yeah. I Just like keep that. an eye on it. I like that pick. Uh, another one that I'm looking out for, Iowa, the over-under for Iowa State, West Virginia, is 55. I'm not sure West Virginia's had a game where they've scored under 40 all season. They got held under 40 last week. It was Okay, so last week, but they were still at, what, 35? And that was with five turnovers against Kansas. Right. I'm going to put it at a warning. Uh, the, hammer the over, by the way. If you're a betting man, hammer that over. That's where I was going, too. Um, West but, Virginia didn't look very good last week. No. Uh, Bootstraps Bill looks like uh, they've tied the cannons to his feet and they're throwing him overboard. It looks like to his bootstrap. everybody and their brother is trying to say, okay, Will Greer beat us, and or let the running game beat us instead and take yes. it away from Will Greer. Iowa State gave Oklahoma trouble. Uh, they are, of course, always due for a patented upset, and oh boy, it's a night game in Ames. It's a night game in Ames, and they just beat Oklahoma State, who looked like world beaters the first two weeks of the season. 
Uh, all right, let's wrap up week seven. Uh, we'll talk about Wisconsin at Michigan. This game would have been a lot more exciting had Wisconsin not been beat by the Storm and Mormons in week, what was that, three? Who lost to BYU, or who lost to Utah State. Who yeah. lost to Utah State, yes. A good Utah State team. However, opinion. we don't know how good Michigan is. Yeah. Lest you forget, Michigan uh, has already recorded a loss this season. Now, granted, you look at it, this was before Notre Dame turned into the Notre Dame that they are yes. now with Ian Book. They were the closest team to hang, besides Ball State and Vanderbilt, <laughs> with Notre Dame. I can't believe Notre Dame is going to make this college football. Playoff. Notre Dame is going to make the college football playoff solely because they don't play anybody else on their schedule. Uh, or they'll pull a Notre Dame and lose to USC in the final week of the season. Michigan struggled at Northwestern, only won by three. But Northwestern did just have an upset last week of Michigan State. So we get to go play the game. Is Michigan good? We don't know. We don't know. We'll find out more this week. I don't think either team is good uh, or as good as their ranking indicates. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of a by default type of game. Um, so let me ask you, there's some, there's some one loss teams and we always play this game on the podcast. I want to ask you buy or sell. Okay. Buy or sell Texas. Let me see them this week. How do they handle success? Cause this is the first time since Joe Tessitore screamed that they were back against Notre Dame <laughs> that they've had success against a there's... big team, a team they were supposed to beat. Remember, this is still a team that lost to Maryland to open the season yes. for the second straight year. Yes. For this yes, exactly. I believe Texas has a sneaky decent game this week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh Texas they have Baylor. Plays Baylor, yes. If they handle uh, Baylor, I'll buy them. Okay. So I'm you're, gonna hedge. You were taking it <laughs> off the shelf, looking at it, putting it back to see if you can get a better price elsewhere. I'm putting it in my cart on Amazon. I love it. <laughs> we'll clear that bad boy out later in about six my, hours it's my prime wardrobe just to see if i like <laughs> if it's gonna fit and then if not i'll send it back buy or sell florida sell period period that's a hard sell for me too i i don't understand how florida florida's defense is great they're top 10 in every ma- major category their offense is inept correct uh, they'll get exposed next week against georgia yeah, yeah, the cocktail party's going to get real world star real quick. For Florida, you better hope Georgia beats LSU this week. Because otherwise, you get an even more ticked off Kirby Smart team next week. Yes. And we all remember how the cocktail party finished last season, and it uh, was not yep. fun. Yep, we did. We did. All right, last team I'm going to ask you. Uh, we were just talking about them. Buy or sell Michigan? I don't know. I, 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 I think this is... One of those weeks where we find out a lot more about these one-loss teams. But we don't know if they're good. Well, I feel like we hit this point in every season, too, where we get to, like, week six, seven, eight. There's always that crazy week, like last week was, where eight top 25 teams lose. And then there's the the warp effect where all these teams that just happen to knock off Maryland last week get bumped up six spots. And, oh, are they the 12th best team in the nation? Probably not. No. Can they prove it? Sure. Well, you... I, I'm just still struggling with the concept that Shea Patterson is the quarterback of a top 15 program. Correct. After the way he played in week one. Yes. I'm going to be honest. I have no idea if Michigan's good. And I don't know if this one can really, I mean, it'll tell us that they can handle a big time opponent. Yeah. Harbaugh needs this game. Yes. In a heartbeat. Cause they still, if I'm not mistaken, don't they still have Penn state and Ohio state on their schedule? Let's take a look. Uh, I do think they have... They've got Michigan State, Penn State, and Ohio State left. And they're at Rutgers. I think the last time they went there, they scored 78. Yeah. Which was more than the amount of fans in attendance for that game. <laughs> I love Rutgers it's so much. The amount of hearts broken. I miss Ray Rice. Be. College Ray Rice. College Ray Rice forever. Don't ever forget that Rutgers beat the number two team in the nation in 2007 South Florida. That was a crazy year because that was that was the year that South Florida was good. Rutgers was good. There was one Boston other team. Boston College was number Boston two. Boston College was good. West Virginia Don't had... Don't ever forget that West Virginia lost at home to a 4-7 and seven team at Pitt. With Noel Devine and Pat White. Correct. Noel Devine still with the dopest highlight uh, high school highlight reel of all time. All they had Other to, than maybe Julio Jones, who had Nuck If You Buck as his highlight reel music. All West Virginia had to do was beat Pitt at home and go to the national championship game. Instead, they lost. They went to the Fiesta Bowl, I think, and lost to Connecticut. Uh, something like that. Also, that was a year that Kansas and Missouri fought for number one. Is there? God, that's I a sad that Chase so Daniel. 
the, top ten pick. The quarterback who loves Coors Light and cheeseburgers. I mean, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Cheers. Uh, cheers. That'll do it for week seven, unless there's anything else you want to go over. Go Hokies. Uh, sure. Five and a half point favorite at North Carolina. Bet it hard. Yeah, I, I would. I would say. So. God, I would hope so. Disappointing last couple weeks. I think this Washington Oregon game is going to get really ugly quick too. I know we already talked about which it, way, but I think I think or I think Justin Herbert's going to throw for 500 yards. You don't buy into Washington at all. What? So get this: Washington was one of my <laughs> playoff picks mm-hmm. to start the season, and uh, they were about two minutes away from making that look like a really smart pick against Auburn because they, they still have a chance. They still got a chance. chance. Yeah, they got. Uh, they're win this seventh. Game. They're seventh, and you still got Alabama. And, but at the same time, you go back. It's Notre Dame. It all falls on Notre Dame. How's Notre Dame going to play? Are they going to finish out the season undefeated? Because then if you're a one-loss team and Notre Dame is there, uh, sorry. And remember, Oregon is a utter disaster of a second half from probably being number eight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one play specifically. If a guy doesn't kick a pylon. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're still playing football, remember, the ball has to go out. Or just don't fumble it and kick a field goal and you're still up by 20. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Or just don't give up 30 points in the second half the, to a team that then got boat raced the next week. The uh, lost art of snapping it under center. A memoir by Patrick Norwood. It's it's too prevalent in college football nowadays. It's crazy. That'll do it. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at PI underscore podcast on Facebook at Pat's Interference. That's P-A-T apostrophe S Interference. Go check out that new and improved website. We finally updated the bio. It's classy. We didn't update the picture, uh, which is from Brick's wedding. So I, I still look like a newborn calf. I have no facial hair, a lot of pimples, and I'm wearing a suit that's about two sizes too big. It's good. It's good. The facial hair makes him look much older, folks. It person. does. It does. Uh, you can also uh, leave us a review on iTunes uh, or any of the uh, whatever your uh, choice of podcast listening. Uh, leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. You can email us if, if we made you mad, if we made you happy. If you have a comment, if you have a suggestion, email us at patsinterference at gmail.com. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. No problem. If anybody has a spare tire in the Durham, North Carolina area, please let me know. Just, just roll that on our way. We'll be back on Sunday uh, pretty late. That's a long drive. But we're, we're going to go ahead and hit, hit the hay so we can get up and start driving again. Roll Tide. I'm excited. to My first experience. Your first experience. Again, uh, Brick and I are Alabama alumni. Um, obviously, with his his new position in Birmingham, uh, you know, if you're used to that two that sort of two episode format, if you've maybe not listened in a couple weeks, we're no longer doing that. Uh, Brick has to be unbiased um, as possible. I respect the hell out of him for it. Really proud of him for this new spot, buddy. I know you're listening. Uh, you just hang in there. You hang tight. You let us know when you can hop back on the podcast and we'll get back with you. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Brick and I always wanted to do this podcast. You gave us that option and we really, really appreciate it. We hope you join us next week. Uh, Kevin, thank you again. And everybody, stay safe and have a good weekend watching college football.